Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. On this episode of Parts Per Billion, anyone want to buy a Superfund site? No, really, anyone? Anyone? Don't all rush in at once. Welcome, or should I say welcome back to Parts Per Billion, the podcast from Bloomberg Environment. As always, I'm your host, David Schultz. Let's face it, folks, sometimes businesses can be pretty dirty. Sometimes when they shut down a factory or a mine or something like that, they leave behind some pretty gross stuff, gross and toxic. So what do you do with this? What do you do with contaminated land? Well, that's where the EPA's Superfund program comes in. For almost 40 years, this program has been coming in and cleaning up contaminated sites so they can be used again. But used by who? Who actually wants to purchase a Superfund site? Bloomberg Environment's Sylvia Kerrigan recently did a story on the EPA's efforts to make these sites more attractive to potential buyers. And that's not easy. A lot of times there's some really gross stuff on these sites. In fact, in one instance, a site is contaminated with something called, no joke, black mayonnaise. Seriously. Sylvia started off by explaining exactly what the Superfund program is and how it works. So Congress passed a law in 1980 that created this program that would clean up hazardous waste and pollutants in places like abandoned mines, landfills, factories. And the money for that would come from this trust fund called the Superfund. Um, so in the beginning, a lot of the money in the Superfund came from taxing companies that handle petroleum products and hazardous chemicals, since those often became the pollutants that had to be cleaned up. So this was not money that came from you and me when we pay our taxes in April. This is money that came from the actual companies that dump the gross stuff in the first place. Some of the money did come from Congress, but a big chunk of it came from the what was called the polluters tax. So the tax worked for a little bit, uh, but it expired at the end of 1995. And the amount of money Congress has given to the Superfund has declined every year since then. So it takes a long time, sometimes decades, to get these sites cleaned up just because there isn't enough money to do it quickly. So give me an example. I'm trying to think of what, you know, you mentioned abandoned mines and things like that. Give me an example of what a typical uh, Superfund site is. I mean, maybe there is no such thing as a typical Superfund site. But, like, what has happened on these locations that made them so, you know, toxic, I guess? So there's about 1,300 Superfund sites, and they're all kind of different and special in their own way. There's uh, the Gowanus Canal in New York City. That's one of them. That's right in the middle of uh, Brooklyn, right? That's right. And the contamination there is just sort of accumulated over, I think, hundreds of years of just industrial activity in the area. And it's accumulated this 
black mayonnaise is what they're calling it. It's just sort of the sludge that's sitting at the bottom of the canal, and they're working on cleaning it up. And there goes my appetite. <laughs> black mayonnaise. Let's, let's, let's let the listeners kind of marinate in that a little bit uh, for, for a few seconds here. Yeah. Um, so that's right in the middle of the city. There's a lot of industrial activity. This is New York City. Um, but, you know, what are, what are some other sites? So you also might have heard about Gold King Mine in Colorado. Um, that's a place where a lot of uh, wastewater associated with mining um, somehow left the mine. And it has contaminated a lot of the rivers and water bodies sort of downstream of that mine. So that's another super fun site that it's very different from the Gowanus Canal, um, but it's similar in that there's a hazardous waste and contamination. So, um, you know, people can purchase, this isn't, these aren't just sites that EPA takes over and then the federal government owns. People can buy the land here, but why would you want to? Like, why would anyone want to buy land that has black mayonnaise on it or like mining waste? Yeah, I don't know if you want to buy something that has black mayonnaise, but there's certainly a stigma that comes from hazardous waste. And um, cleaning up Superfund sites can also be such a long process that developers and buyers just don't want to wait around for that site to be ready. Um, there are, however, lots of sites out there that have been cleaned up, and now they're you know, distribution centers, they're office buildings, some of them are even wildlife habitats. So the program has worked pretty well in the past, but could it be working better? In a minute, we'll get into what EPA Chief Scott Pruitt sees in the future of Superfund. And also, Sylvia offers some really valuable life advice. If it's glowing and it's green, you should probably stay away from it. That's in just a second. But first, I wanted to remind you about our hashtag, Parts Per B. If you use that hashtag on Twitter or any other social media platform, we'll see it and respond. So don't forget, that hashtag is Parts Per B. Once again, that's Parts Per B. Okay, so we're back and we're talking about toxic waste. Now, as you might imagine, it can be hard to get companies to purchase sites that have been contaminated by toxic waste, even if it's been mostly cleaned up. Sylvia says making these sites more attractive to potential buyers is a big priority at the EPA. Scott Pruitt and his Superfund team picked out about 30 sites that are, he says, ripe for redevelopment, and they made sure that the public knew about it. Um, but if you're a company that even is remotely interested in buying or redeveloping one of those sites, the chances are that EPA has probably gotten in touch with you already. Um, but the real problem with hazardous waste is that companies really want to know that it's been dealt with before they buy it or develop something on top of it. So you don't want someone who's, you know, digging holes to put new trees on your lot and hitting a rusty old drum with mystery liquid. I think there literally was an episode of The Simpsons where that happened, where, like, Mr. Burns was, like, burying drums of mystery liquid. And it said mystery liquid on it. If it's glowing and it's green, you should probably stay away from it. Good advice. Um, no, I mean, that's, the, but like in all seriousness, that's like a really big problem because in a lot of these sites, it sounds like they're really complicated. We don't totally know how the contaminants that are on the sites work. And the EPA ne can't necessarily give these companies a 100% guarantee that it's to been totally cleaned up, right? 
That is one of the main problems. So one of the ways that EPA handles that is through what they call comfort letters, uh, which describe comfort letters. Comfort letters, which describe uh, what a company might be liable for if it gets involved at that site. The letters are supposed to provide comfort to the company, so they have a better understanding of what's going on there before they get involved. Um, but the problem right now is that the letters don't provide any protection from liability or even like a roadmap to how that company might protect itself. So EPA is looking at improving on those. Why is it so complicated? I mean, I imagine one of the reasons is because the companies that deposited the uh, pollution, I guess, on these sites probably or oftentimes no longer exist. So it's sort of unclear who should or could pay for it, right? That's right. So some of the sites where the companies that were responsible for the pollution are now defunct, um, those are called orphan sites. So there are no parties that EPA has been able to find who might be able to pay for cleanup uh, at those sites. Um, that's where it's especially expensive. And even at sites where there are companies involved in the cleanup, it's hard to convince them to sort of come to the table and negotiate how much they want to pay. Um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, as you mentioned, Scott Pruitt himself, you know, you mentioned he sort of selected, I guess, a, a couple dozen sites that are sort of ripe for redevelopment. I've listened to him a talk a lot of times, and he seems to always bring this up. Like Superfund is something that he's just always talking about. It seems like one of his biggest priorities. Why do you think that is? Like, is there, is this something that he feels like the, was neglected in the past and, and, you know, he could do a better job? Is, are there, political reasons for this? Are there personal reasons? Like what is, what's with him and Superfund? It's a good question. I've asked around about this and it doesn't seem like Pruitt has some special place in his heart for hazardous waste. Um, I think this is something that maybe previous EPA administrators hadn't really focused on and he sees this as an opportunity to make a mark on the agency. That was Sylvia Kerrigan, a reporter at Bloomberg Environment. For more of her reporting on toxic waste, visit our website at bnanews.bna.com. This episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself with help from Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle. The music tracks for Parts Per Billion are A Message and Scream From a Deaf Man by Jazar. They were used under a Creative Commons attribution share-alike license. More information can be found at betterwithmusic.com. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.